We're back in Harper to talk some more Longhorn football here on the Standard Sports Talk uh, podcast. Uh, Coach Zinner, joined by Coach Zinner as always here on, I guess, a Thursday morning is becoming our daily thing. And uh, I suffered my first loss as the Harper Longhorns' uh, lucky charm this past week. And I'm not exactly happy about that, but it is what it is. But, Coach, the first time I've come in and talking to you after a loss, uh, got to be a little bit different feeling. But I still feel like fives are still pretty good over here in Harper. Yeah, no doubt. Um, yeah, you know, it was it was the week of what ifs. Um, you know, we weren't denying how good they were, and but the, the what if is what kind of keeps you up at night. And um, I thought we had a good plan offensively and defensively going in. And you have to almost um, execute that to perfection. And then you guys sprinkle in some turnovers you get from them, and then you can't turn it over yourself. And, um, you know, crazy things can happen. Um, you don't wish injury upon any team at all, but there's a reason you play games and you don't, you don't play them on paper. Is You know, certain teams at the 2A level, they, they lose a few kids, a few uh, key pieces, and next thing you know, they, they, they aren't who they normally are. And um, so that's why anything can happen in the game of football is, is through the injury or – or tor- turnovers, et cetera. But um, I would say, uh, you know, a 49-7 loss to Mason, it was closer in, in my head than than what the stats or, or what the, the score looks like. Um, we had 245 yards of offense, and uh, we gave up 408. Um, and so, you know, 408 yards of offense into 49 points, sometimes that's not very equivalent. Sometimes that's five, six, 650 or more yards. Um they just they converted on third downs. They they completed drives uh, when they crossed the 15, got in the red zone. Um, they converted, and so um, through the return game, etc., field position, uh, they didn't have to put up crazy yards to get those points. Whereas we were the opposite. I think you can play in some games where 245 yards gets you 21 points. Uh, we've scored in the 30s, I believe, before, and had right at 300 yards just with. The way your defense plays, field position, punt, punt return, all those things play into short fields and points. So, um, you know, what we'll build on that, there's there's some good things. We Obviously, if you do the math, we struggled in the rushing department, but we threw for 210. Um, um, the, the positives that we take away from there, obviously, 210 all came from our quarterback, Braden. Um, he was uh, 20 for 40 with, for 210 yards. And then, uh, wow, Bryson Lake had a big game. We we actually gave the, the game ball or the offensive player the, the week award to Braden Strickland because of his uh, rushing and passing yards, and he made plays happen. And obviously if a receiver has a big game, well, the ball's getting to him somehow. Mm-hmm. And then on a joking manner with you, I would argue that it all came from the offensive line. <laughs> you know, we got to well, get You're snap. always going to go to the <laughs> yeah. offensive line. We got to get snapped. We got to get protection, good ball, good catch, and it goes from there. But uh, Bryson Lake had eight catches for 143 yards. Um, against the, you know, what what numbers mean, I don't know, but against the number eight team in the state of Texas. So, um, and then after, you know, all that was said and done, I think that um, the attitude of our kids after the game was a surprise to me. Um, You know, school song plays and they got their helmets up high. Um, Faces are very neutral. They're not frowning. They're not smiling. And they handled it well. And I think, I think there's confidence that they still believe that they're a good team and we have uh, good things to accomplish. Um, and they didn't have that normal beat-down look that they've had in the past after a Mason game. I think they owned it and kind of thought, yeah, wow, Coach, that's that's a good football team. And they got after us. And, and it's okay in, in sports to lose fair and square when, 
when someone has a better night than you, and they for sure did, and um, a lot that we can learn from it. Um, when you play somebody good, it exposes your weaknesses, mm-hmm. exp- exposes your pad level, your technique. And when you play somebody bad, it brushes a lot of, of bad habits under the rug, that you, things you get away with. So um, I think if you lose a football game and you don't learn from it, that's that's when it's bad. And um, I don't think that happened. I think we lost a football game fair and square, and, and we learned from it, and um, we're going to move on now to, to center point. Well, and, and and you can kind of also hang your hat on the fact that in that second half, you you played with them. It was a 7-7 ball game through two quarters in the second half. And, um, of course, they probably went to some of the reserves late. But you still have to be happy with how you guys played late in that game and didn't give up on it even though the scoreboard was not favorable. Yeah, no doubt. Um, you know, we talked about it at halftime. And what we talked about at halftime turned, in, turned out to be, I would say, true in the second half. Um, and we've done it before, but more so this game. We, we played with pressure on ourselves early. Um, you know, I, I know our seniors are maturing in age, but, but they're still inexperienced in, in the winning column and how to handle winning. And we're all still learning as, a, as we've won two games a year past several years. And we started this one 6-0. and um, You know, the hype that I build up in the game, the, the hype the paper did, the parents, the community, um, you could just feel the what if of we're about to knock off Mason. Uh, 49-7 loss, you know, dang sure didn't knock them off or surprise them. It was what it was. But um, they started the game with a little bit of that that pressure of, um, God, how are we going to do this? Um, and so they, maybe that was a bad thing. Maybe they, they play a little too tight, a little too, um, you know, worried about making a mistake in the first half and, and weren't quite themselves. And then human nature is when the score gets away from the second half, Everybody had already swallowed. This is probably not going in the right direction. We're probably going to lose this ball game. Then they started playing free. Then they just started playing the game and having fun and, and didn't really let the score bother them. And you started catching balls, pass protection. Things started clicking. I, I got into my NASCAR, my tempo thing. Uh, we kind of drove it down, and I was like, wow, where was this the first half? Well, the <laughs> first half we were we were bright-eyed and timid. And um, and so that's something we can learn off of is as we go – to a game that's a big ball game, we have to go back and say, hey, you remember the Mason game, how tight you were early? And yeah. and we got to build on that. Because what my message to them was before the game, obviously they didn't execute that message, was I felt like the first six ball games, after the 14-7 win at Dehanus, you know, I thought that was going to be a tough one, and it was. You know, probably from that point forward, me as a head coach felt the pressure because I thought I knew who was in my locker room. I thought we were the favorite, and we should rattle those off. And so I, you know, through some of those tough ball games, I thought, well, well, how are we going to handle this if we lose this ball game? Because mm-hmm. we're supposed to win it. At least yeah, I think you, we can win it. And you had said that routinely throughout the podcast. Yeah. You had mentioned we've got to be ready to for win adversity strikes. Yep. Or in, yep. And um, and how do you think they've handled that so far? You know, I, we'll, we'll learn from it. I'm not going to say it was perfect, but you know, all those games we were expected to win, I felt the pressure to win. And so from a coaching standpoint, when I turn on the film in Mason and you see how good they are, how deep they are, and what they're ranked, I didn't have the pressure. I thought they are the better team. Mm-hmm. If anything, they should be stressed out. They're a 5-1 and one ball team, and for once playing an undefeated Harper team, I felt like they should feel the pressure. They're coming to our house, and we should play free and loose. Yeah. And that's the way I took it. I was almost more stressed out the first six <laughs> when you're supposed to win. Yeah. You know, it's the games you're not expected to win or the games that you're trying to pull off the up- upset 
hey, you know, open the playbook, play free, have fun. That's how I took it. And my kids, they took it as pressure. Oh, whoa, 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 how do we do this? We, because they wanted it so bad, they, they tightened up. So, um, yeah, I don't know. You know, coaching psychology, uh, you know, player psych, it's a big, big different thing. You know, how you, you know, have fun with them pregame, laugh, joke. Every kid and every team is different. Um, but we definitely do need to, to loosen things up and, and try to have some normalcy as we go into a big ball game, which here we go. Um, I'm not real happy with how we handled center point last year. Uh, in my opinion, lost a game we should have won. Um, coach Bubba Walters, who's retired from there now, they got a new head coach. He um, had a great game plan. They, they, they ran the flex bone, triple option, and I think we had five possessions in that game, and we turned it over twice in the red zone. I think one inside the five and one inside the 15, and it was just a recipe for disaster. We, I think we lost something 21-14 maybe and only had it five times. The time of possession was way off. Um, we are a better team now. Uh, not only are we a better team from what we were a year ago, um, I, I think we're I think we're better than center point. That's again confidence, not arrogance. And just to kind of sprinkle some some dust on it to fire our kids up, uh, I found out yesterday, and, and it, it it is what it is. You look at a schedule, you got to make decisions. But we're their homecoming, and no one likes being someone else's homecoming. Mm-hmm. And, and no disrespect to Coach Van Winkle over there. Um, you do what you do, and every coach takes it that way, and you're going to use it and your advantage to spin it. But, yeah, we're there homecoming at their place, and um, it's a short drive. Uh, we played seven-on-seven seven with those kids this summer. And so, um, you know, I, I, let's, let's, let's get it on. Let's go win another district ball game and, and put Mason behind us and get another W. So, um, yeah, we're very, very excited, and if – if things go right, um, I'm hoping that we uh, get back on the w- winning track. Well, and how how big can it be? You're, you're heading into this this final stretch, and the Billies are in the same situation. They won their first one, uh, dropped a tough one to a good team, and then have to play out the final three. And they've got to win two of the three to secure a spot. You know, if you can go and get a win uh, tomorrow night, what kind of tone does that establish for the final few games trying to get into the playoffs? Yeah, we, I mean, we got one under our belt. We need to get another one. Um, you know, I guess you could look at – you could chop up the district a million ways and figure out the playoff scenario. But, you know, kind of in my head with, with my with my squad, my team, you know, we get another one Friday night. We're, you know, almost locked into the playoffs, uh, at least four seed or higher. And I know other things can happen, upsets. But if you look at the district from the top with Mason and then um, you got Ozona and Johnson City, us, Brackett and Centerpoint, um, if, if we can get past Brackett and Centerpoint – and, and at least be a, a top four team, um, you know, without getting ahead of ourselves, you know, we get a W this Friday. Now the Ozone and Johnson City game are, are huge ball games as far as or how things, First how things, um, yeah. Uh, yeah, shake out. And and we'd be we'd be dumb not to say or mention that if you get the four seed, you get the number one team in the state, Shiner, defending state champions. Who have made everyone look. And yes, they have both Brooks brothers <laughs> back. Um, it's 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 unbelievable. It's it's phenomenal. And um, so yeah, fourth fourth seed is what you get. You get the state champs round one, and we had that last year, and and we know what that's like. And uh, we got to handle our business if, if we want to avoid them and, and get a better, uh, more favorable matchup. So uh, yeah, down the stretch, uh, this is where football, you know, any level I would say, but this is where two A football gets in- interesting. Um, Injuries, uh, schools our size with l- lack of depth, 
um, wild things happen, you know, we're, we've been in a grind, you know, this has been going on since, you know, football started August, you know, early August, whatever the date was, um, we're banged up, we're injured, and it's kind of who's willing to finish and who's still hungry and, and which ball club is kind of satisfied, satisfied and not, not peaking. Um, so yeah, we got to learn off of last year that through the district race, we didn't really handle our business with the loss of center point. And, um, I would, God, it'd be, it'd be a perfect, perfect story to set the, the end up if we could win Friday and we just say, hey, we got probably the next two best teams on our schedule in front of us in Ozona and Johnson City um, and then see where we finish. But um, Centerpoint and Harper have a history. Um, we're close together. We know a lot of the same people, same coaches. Um, we cross paths in Kerrville because we're both small schools that use Kerrville to shop and eat and um, it's just a different ball game. Um, they're going to have a lot of confidence knowing who we are, and and there's nothing to take lightly. We we don't execute and turn the ball over. We're we're looking at a loss of the Pirates. We don't plan that, but we got to take them serious and we got to handle our business. And when you look at the Pirates, you mentioned they're going to run the wishbone. What are some of the players uh, that that you have to keep an eye on that that Hart Longhorn fans can can kind of keep an eye on Friday night? And what are y'all going to have to do to keep that offense at bay? Yeah, you know, number five, uh, the, the quarterback, Logan Burley, he, he kind of operates the whole system. Um, he makes sure his players get the, the ball in correct places. They probably run it 95% of the time. Um, and when they do, uh, probably our biggest concern uh, should be as Longhorn fans is, is number 24, Alexis Hernandez. He's a junior. Um, you know, the roster has him at 5'10", 200. But, golly, on film, he looks bigger than 200. That's pretty big, though. Um, and, yeah, when they, they get in that wishbone and they're under center, uh, their offensive linemen are almost like in D-line stances, butts way high up in the air, low hat, and they tee off. And that, you know, he hits that dive, runs that dive track through A-gap almost full speed. And, and so, you know, they come off the ball, they get a little bit of yard of leverage with our D-line, and they hit it running. And there you go, it's three, three to four yards in a cloud of dust. So, we got to tackle low. Obviously, the new way of tackling, taking your head out of tackling, always tell him eyes through thighs, wrap and squeeze. Um, you know, we can't tackle him up high on his shoulder pads and, and let him use a stiff arm. Uh, we got to eyes through thighs. We got to wrap up his, his thighs um, and, and get him to the ground because uh, we will bounce off him as if, we, if we tackle him high. Um, you know, there is danger in the passing game just due to the fact that they can rock us to sleep with our – our safeties and our corners can get rocked to sleep in the running game, and then they sneak one behind you and hunk it up, and here you go. You're just giving up a few points that you hadn't expected because of a, a busted play or, or biting on the run. But um, even though the pass is is, uh, is dangerous, maybe happening five, five times, if you will, maybe three times a game, uh, we are concerned about the run. If you know The pass will be what the pass will be, but if we don't stop the run and we don't get the ball in our hands – um, it's going to be a long night. It's going to limit our possessions. And um, that's when it gets fearful. When you limit your possessions, then you don't convert. And then the clock, you get in the second, third quarter, you start wondering how many more times are we going to get it. Yeah. And you start doing the math in your head. And that's why defense and offense has to work together. So um, if Coach Lake's listening, I don't want to put pressure on the, <laughs> our defensive court and the defense. But if defense plays well, and gets them a three and outs and, and gets us more opportunities, uh, I think we can win the ball game. And then talking about the offense, you mentioned that Braden Strickland put together maybe his <clears> most <throat> efficient passing game against Mason. I, mean, I know that y'all have been pretty run heavy this year. 
much to his dismay probably, mm-hmm, but uh, mm-hmm. he got to open it up a little bit against Mason and, and show that he still can do that. Uh, what is What are you all going to be looking to do against center point? I know you're an O-line guy. You're going to want to establish the run. Right. Uh, but what's the game plan for you all offensively heading in? Yeah, you know, we're, we're going to go back to establishing the run. Mason took that away from us. They're so big and physical um, that we had to start throwing it. And, and throwing for, you know, 210 yards against Mason – is a, is a pretty big accomplishment as far as how well they're coached in their secondary uh, by Coach McLeod. So, you know, against them, we ran a few bootlegs, and, and Mason was so good up front, they got to Braden, bootleg, you know, play action, take time to develop. They were on us. Um, some sprint outs weren't as good, again, with their pressure. Uh, but we had a lot of success when we got out of Braden's hand quick. Um, and not that we're not going to do that against center point, but I'm, my hope is that we can establish the run better um, and then get back to some of our other deeper passing concepts that take a little bit more time. Uh, therefore, I think, you know, we can protect better against a team like Centerpoint. Um, but, yeah, we're going we're gonna, to um, do what we have to do. They're, they're a 10-1 on defense. Uh, a man, I didn't even think we'd see it again after seeing Rock Springs. They're, it's a little bit different than Rock Springs does it, but we do see a lot of, of man coverage. And we found out in a good way – we found out in a good way that our NASCAR hurry-up offense, where we get out of Braden's hand fast, um, it, it was good. And I think, you know, you can throw the ball and don't have to worry so much about protection um, if it's out of his hand fast. And so, um, yeah, we're going to – as much as they're going to want to control the ball, if we can run the ball, we will. And we'll throw it when we need to, and we'll we'll go out there and get a W because that's what it's all about. But, um, yeah, Braden had a big night. Um uh, something we can build off of, and we know he can do. We know our receivers can do. Um, but, yes, I'm an O-line guy. I want to run the ball. All right, Coach. Well, uh, Friday night in center point at 730. We'll have Sam Sutton there. He'll be awesome. doing live tweets, and then uh, he'll get to bother you again after the game. There so, uh, Coach, best of luck Friday night, and thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thank you.